All right, y'all, we are back. And today I want to talk to y'all about something a little different than I usually do because I feel like it is a huge part of most people's lives. I know in the last year and a half, our world has turned upside down, causing truly every area of our lives to be completely confusing and quite frankly, difficult to navigate, especially our relationships. The pandemic tested many of our relationships in ways that we never expected, making or breaking them along the way. Relationships, especially marriages, or if you live or have children with your partner, they can go through many ups and downs. And today, I want to share with you the lessons I have learned through the years and just kind of talk through what I feel like the most important things that are vital for a successful relationship. All right, y'all, let's get into it. I'm sure that most of you have heard of the book called The Five Love Languages from Gary Chapman. First off, I think that this is a very helpful book into understanding how you and your partner or your spouse show and receive love. If there is one thing that I have learned, it's that communication is key to a happy and healthy relationship. So what are the five love languages? So we got words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch. So take a moment and think about which love language from the ones that I said that you feel that you are. Which love language makes you feel all warm and fuzzy? Which do you do to show someone love? And if you are in a relationship, what is their love language? In case you don't know much about these love languages in detail, I'm going to quickly just break them down for you. So we have words of affirmation. People with words of affirmation as their love language value verbal acknowledgments of affection, including like the frequent, like I love you, compliments, words of appreciation, encouragement, validation of your feelings and the importance of the relationship to you go a long way as well. I want to provide with you real life examples of each one of these love languages so then you can take them and use them with your partner. For words of affirmation, try telling your partner something you like about them at least once a day. Sounds very simple, but it could be something as simple as you like their outfit, their attitude, the way they're showing love to you, their confidence, how good of a parent they are, how proud of them you are, I mean, the list can go on, but it can be as simple as that. You can also speak true to them about your relationship through this love language, and it can also be a form of reassurance. 
The next one is quality time. This is actually my number one love language. Obviously, most of us like to be with our partner or our spouse in physical form. If we don't, maybe we should just reevaluate our relationship as a whole. But quality time is more important to some. Now, this is more than just being next to each other on your phones. And it's more than just taking care of your children during your evening routine together. This involves active listening, eye contact, and your full attention. This isn't just face-to-face either. It can be a long-distance relationship with FaceTime and Zoom. My advice is try setting up specific date nights during the week with your partner to show that you want to spend time with them alone. I've even proposed the idea to Jason that one week he plans and comes up with a date night idea and the next I do it. That way one person isn't always putting in the effort and that love language of quality time is put in effect every week or so. Even if you're not on a date night, intentional time alone together is super important. Sit down on the couch, watch a show or a movie, take a walk outside, go to the gym together, talk about your days with each other and make plans for the future. Next one is acts of service. If your love language is acts of service, you value when your partner goes out of their way to make your life easier. It's things like bringing you soup when you're sick, making you coffee in the morning, going to do an errand for you when you've had a busy day at work. If this is your partner's love language, just remember to do the little things that seem insignificant. Doing a task that they normally do that may feel daunting to them or just mundane can make them feel so loved. Do their laundry, take care of the kids one night or one morning, any little thing that you can do for them with acts of service makes a difference. The next one is gifts. People with this love language feel loved when they're given a visual symbol of love. And it's not about the value of the gift or the price. It doesn't have to be an expensive thing. It's typically just the thought behind it that matters most. This is actually my father's way of showing love. Not that, again, he bought me something super fancy. It could just be simple, something simple as like a CD (laughs) or I mean, something even less than $10, but people with this love language recognize and value the gift giving process and that thought that went into it. If your partner is one of these people, make sure that you notice that it is more about the thought behind the gift and not so much the value of the gift itself. I actually think that this is Jason's number one love language. 
My advice for this when getting a gift for someone with this love language is just make it personal. They don't feel loved again because of the value that they receive. They feel loved because someone thought of them and understood their wants and needs. Also, just pay attention to the things that they say that they want. So then you know what to get them. Last but not least is physical touch. And this is my second second love language. Yes, you can have more than one love language. People with physical touch as their love language feel loved when they receive physical signs of affection, like kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch. I mean, let's be honest. Physical intimacy and touch feels good, especially after like a stressful day. Nothing feels as good as someone just coming up and wrapping their arms around you and giving you a hug. It can be a really powerful yet simple emotional connector for a lot of people. So if this is the love language, try doing something simple like grabbing your partner's hand when you're walking next to them, touching their arm in a sweet way. When you're watching a show or a movie, make sure that you stay close to them and cuddle up to them. These, again, simple, small touches can be a great way to show your love in a big way. I feel that learning about love languages is a very powerful tool to communicate well in relationships. It also shows you how to show love to your partner while receiving love from them in return. It also helps you learn a little bit more about them and about yourself. If you know how to receive love, You can communicate that with your partner and the people around you, strengthening your bond and understanding each other. It can be very, it can be a very easy key to ending a fight or small argument because let's face it, most arguments are the product of miscommunication and misunderstanding. Learning about yourself, your habits, your likes, your dislikes, and your past trauma can also help with understanding and communication. For example, I grew up in a divorce household and, you know, I can carry some of the habits from that lifestyle into my relationship. My parents got divorced before I could even remember Both of them never remarried, so I really never saw what the dynamic of like a husband and wife was like growing up. And I had to kind of figure that out myself. What is a healthy relationship? What does that look like? Not that I'm saying my relationship now is picture perfect because it's not. Relationships are work. And anything that you may see that looks picture perfect on social media is probably the farthest thing from it. But 
I do know now from my past and going through my own fair share of relationships what I want and what I deserve. And even though my parents got divorced and I didn't grow up seeing that dynamic, anyone can benefit from using others and their own love language. Early on, I was saying that my father showed me love by gifts. Because again, love languages are for more than just your significant other. It's for anyone significant in your life. But because I perceive that gifts show love, because that's how my dad showed me love, that's now one way that I show love. So Jason's love language is getting gifts. My love language is quality time and physical touch. And the funny thing here is Jason's, you know, he likes getting gifts, but he gives acts of service. So (laughs) we're still working (laughs) on uh, the love languages in this household. But again, like I said, nothing is perfect. The main thing is in a relationship is you need to communicate and you need to nurture your relationship. Nurturing a relationship, it takes time, but it is all about being open and remembering to prioritize each other. Feelings and emotions are another huge component in relationships when it comes to expressing feelings. For example, Jason is the type that he he keeps things in where I am like the complete opposite. One isn't better than the other because even if you like to talk about things, you can definitely express your feelings in a unhealthy way. (laughs) As I'm slowly raising my hand, (laughs) you can't communicate in a way that overwhelms the other person or comes across as nagging or frustrated. Jason, on the other hand, has a really hard time opening up. Sometimes it is difficult to understand why someone would keep emotions and feelings bottled up, but then again, it can be a coping mechanism. It just needs to be brought up, accepted, and worked on. I, on the other hand, have had to learn to be more chill when expressing my feelings and not so loud with the situation. But the beautiful thing about relationships is that it is meant to be an, a learning experience. You're meant to constantly challenge each other, which means you have to be open to the challenge. You have to welcome it. You have to be willing to change and grow. You don't want to stay stagnant in life, nor do you want to stay stagnant with your relationships. You have to be willing to put up the fight. Not literally. Again, (laughs) relationships are work, but they are so rewarding and beautiful as well. Life has a fun way I'll say fun, (laughs) but life is a fun way of throwing you curveballs and giving you challenges, especially when it comes to the relationships in your life. Although I've known Jason for 
gosh, over 10 years, we only seriously dated for six months before we had the curveball of getting pregnant. So obviously there were, and there still are many challenges, but all of those have made us change for the better and grow in a positive way. Becoming parents and combining a life together has forced us to the fast track and to fast forward a lot of things about our relationship, but we had to, and we still are learning to compromise understand, respect, and communicate in order to thrive and succeed. There is no point in your relationship when you can say that you've just arrived and that your job is done. It is a constant journey that will grow and adapt because both of you are growing and adapting. Relationships are really amazing things that can also be our greatest challenge. So what are some ways to handle those challenges and keep your relationship healthy and happy? Here are what I feel like are the five key components to keeping your relationship healthy and lasting. Like I said at the beginning, communication is the way. So talk, express your feelings, express your thoughts, because this is an important part of your relationship. You need to be able to communicate your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, your beliefs, or you will never truly know the other person. If one of you holds their feelings in and refuses to share that with the other person, it can cause so much tension and it can lead to a huge argument or disagreement. Always remember to be open and honest. So communicate. Number two is boundaries. Boundaries are physical, emotional, and mental limits that you set for yourself. These need to be respected. You need to understand your partner's natural limitations and boundaries in every aspect. It can become difficult to understand each other in the beginning of of the relationship, especially if your boundaries are vastly different. For example, some people have a harder time being open and some people are open books. So, Some people's physical boundaries due to, some people may have physical boundaries due to past trauma and experiences, while others have very little. All of these things are valid and need to be understood and respected to be able to navigate a relationship in the healthiest way possible. So we got communication, we got boundaries, and next we have respect. If you don't have respect, and this is so, so big, if you don't have respect, the person that you lie down to at nighttime, you lie down to next to at night, it's not going to last. Respect their ideas, their dreams, their goals. Respect is a strong form of love itself. 
If your partner doesn't feel respected, they will not feel loved and it can lead to resentment and hurt feelings. Just as you want to feel respected as a friend, as a family member, as an employee, you also want to feel respected as a spouse and a partner. Number four is affection. Every strong relationship has to have affection in every form. And I'm talking physical and emotional. Even if it's a physical touch, isn't your love language, it is a key component to a healthy relationship. Your partner needs attention from you on a regular basis, even something as simple as like holding their hand, cuddling on the couch, you know, just a simple touch. You both have to show you're invested in the relationship. So don't be afraid to ask each other out on a date and make, you know, an affectionate gesture to them from time to time. You would be surprised at what a simple date night can do for your relationship. And last but not least, number five is support. Every person needs support from others, especially your partner. We all need someone to have our back and love us when times get tough. Knowing that our spouse supports us is sometimes all we need to move forward in our daily lives and decisions. Support helps raise our families together and reminds you why you chose each other. That is it for me today, y'all. If you guys are listening to the podcast, always remember that you guys can watch it on my YouTube channel. Make sure you go subscribe there as well. And a special thanks to my team for always making this possible and to everyone out there who has been listening and continuing to be a part of my journey and shared yours with me over the years I appreciate y'all. Until next time, you guys. Bye.